Hello and welcome to Lead Time. My name is Anna Ramic. And I'm Chris Eichberger. And this is our special limited podcast series in which we present how Germany should move on from Merkel and bring you the most pressing items on the foreign policy to-do list for Germany's new government. Europe can expect a definitely a, a wind of change when it comes to Germany's China policy. And that is much needed because Germany does need a vision for what a modern kind of industrial policy, tech policy, climate policy can look like. And all that kind of is centered around the China question and how you relate to China's rise in that regard. As we heard from our head of Asia program, Janka Ertl, China is high up on Germany's agenda for the next government, in particular if the Greens are part of it. And looking at recent polls, this could very much be the case. Yeah, and at the moment we see a wide range of different coalition possibilities, whether it be the traffic light, Kenya, Jamaica or R2G coalitions, you name it. In these scenarios, the Green Party could help to recalibrate Germany's China approach. Franziska Brandner, spokesperson for European Policy and Parliamentary Secretary for the Greens Parliamentary Group, explains why. We need to be much tougher when it comes to human rights offenses and when it comes to our own resilience and our own capacity to act. And we believe that Germany has been in a position where it could trade with everybody and sort of outsource security concerns. And we believe that these times are really over, that we have to make sure that our own and our European security interests are defended. Also, Peter Bayer, coordinator of the Transatlantic Cooperation in the German MFA, admitted recently, and I quote, In the case of China, we are dealing with an economically successful dictatorship that we have underestimated for far too long, end quote. So is Germany finally ready to take a tougher stance on China? It would be high time. Already in the last few years, especially since the beginning of the pandemic, the relationship between Germany and China has been increasingly fraught. Yes, but the thing is, China is Germany's main trading partner. In 2020, goods worth over 200 billion euros were traded between the two countries. It's arguable that this makes it very difficult for the German government to take a strong position on issues like human rights or restrictions on Chinese foreign direct investment. Let's hear from Janka and Franziska again. But in order for solving the German difficulty about China, we know that we have to diversify our exports. So we need to get into conversations with our big companies so that they do open up and discover new export markets so that we become less dependent on the big Chinese market. And we need to diversify imports. So we also have to become less dependent on imports, for example, in the medical sector. So it's a diversification strategy for exports and imports so that we become more resilient less dependent and more capable of acting in a European way to defend our joint sovereignty.
But of course, it is much more difficult for Germany to deal with these questions because it has a much greater interlinkage with the Chinese economy than all the other European member states. So what we are seeing is that that some I've heard in, in some conversations, especially from Eastern Europe, well, maybe we need to help Germany kind of find its own voice and find a stronger voice when it comes to China. And I think there is a lot of truth to it because Germany also can only within the EU context really stand up to the challenges that it now faces coming from China, especially to, to the German economy. Too true. And I guess Germany should take all the help it can get. Very much so. China's wolf warriors are turning not just Germany or Europe, but maybe the whole Western world against Beijing. Just think of how the country dealt with Hong Kong and Xinjiang. But also China's actions in the Indo-Pacific region has raised more and more concern about Beijing's political and military agenda. We don't want a bipolar world. We don't want a, a G2. We don't want a contest. What we want is more engaged, like-minded countries in the region. If you're looking to pursue a rules-based order in this region, the more responsible stakeholders we have in the region, the better. The more China is unable to pitch every issue as a contest between the US and China. It's really about India's interests. It's about Vietnam's interests. It's about Indonesia's interests. It's about Germans and, and French and British interests. And so that complicates decision-making, both in security and in trade. It strengthens the web of international institutions, standards and norms that uh, we hope will make an increasingly interlinked Indo-Pacific in which Europe has a very important role to play. Germany must hence address these existential security concerns of its long-standing partners in the region that Gordon Flake, CEO of Perth US Asia Center in Australia raised. And it needs to be involved in coming up with responses. At least this is what the German MFA's policy guidelines for the Indo-Pacific state on paper. Oh yes, the document is quite a weighty tome. So let's dig into it. For example, it states clearly that the federal government will step up its cooperation in the Indo-Pacific in the spheres of climate protection. And for this, it also needs China. True. Climate change has been repeatedly named as one of the areas in which the EU, and therefore Germany, has to work together with China. Kerry Brown, director of the Lao China Institute in London, put it this way in a debate we organized with Intelligence Squared. What I think engagement means is self-interest and pragmatism. We can all tell terrible stories about China, and there are plenty of negative stories to tell. What we really need to have remember is that on the specific issues of climate change, sustainability and global health, which we're experiencing now, it really needs to be engagement, not confrontation, before we actually not only harm those we oppose, but ourselves. This is many, many reasons why on climate change, it works to engage with China. Firstly, it's hard to see how we're gonna solve the problems that we're experiencing now if we don't work with a fifth of the global economy and a fifth of humanity. It's not really going to be very possible to solve this if we are antagonists. This is actually reinforced by the fact that in recent years, broadly, the Chinese government, in terms of policy and approach, has been pretty positive on this. It supported the Paris 2015 Convention. It is trying to eradicate carbon from its economy, even if this might be an impossible thing to do. 
He might be right. Roman Avlahutin, ambassador-at-large for connectivity in the EEAS, has also seconded this argument in one of our panel discussions previously. So we know what we need to do, but uh, we need also to sort of have very clear idea on how we do it. What is this new generation of instruments that we need to address them? I think they are obvious. It's the climate change, it's um, digital connectivity, but with ethics. It's rule of law and rules-based order. So let's get concrete. How should the next German government shape its China policy and its approach to the Indo-Pacific? Good question. Janka Oettel, the head of our Asia program, proposes the following. Getting the China-related questions right will not only involve a gradual shift in foreign policy, but also a rethink of German industrial strategy and a real transformation of the economy. Outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel's focus on a bilateral approach with Beijing has alienated other member states and has not contributed to greater EU unity. A new German administration could thus aim to do several things. It could revisit the existing focus on enhancing trade relations with China and invest real political energy in a broad push for diversification of Germany's economic relations in the Indo-Pacific region and beyond. It could also more decisively put European interests at the heart of relations with China by revisiting or even outright abolishing certain formats like bilateral government consultations and limited leaders formats such as the Macron channel. The incoming administration could also shed any remaining hesitance in cooperating closely with the United States and other partners such as Japan on a coordinated China agenda beyond human rights issues on cyber, trade and technology to ensure effectiveness of the European approach and to limit the Chinese leadership's potential for selective retaliation. Last but not least, a new German chancellor and a new government will need to strengthen cooperation and solidarity with partners in the Indo-Pacific region. They will need to show up by engaging across the entirety of relations in European flagship initiatives, from renewable energy investments to high-quality infrastructure projects or massive assistance in battling the impact of COVID-19. So to wrap up, the China policies of the Merkel era have reached their expiry date. They were right at the time and brought significant opportunities for European and particularly German companies. But now, Germany will find it increasingly hard to maintain its current level of prosperity without charting a new course on China. And German voters also seem ready for change. So Germany, it's time to lead. Find out more about our ideas on how to shape the foreign policy agenda of the next German government by going to ecfr.eu forward slash podcasts or simply Googling ECFR German Elections 2021.